hello, hello, and welcome to More Than Money, a show that explores the psychology, emotions, and math of money so you can make better, smarter choices regardless of where you are on the income and wealth spectrums. I'm your host, Jacquette Timmons. And today's episode is our last for 2019. And I cannot thank you enough for an amazing first nine months. Whether you're tuning in for the first time with this episode or you've listened to several, thank you so very, very much for taking this journey with me. And with today's episode, I actually want to pick up where we left off last time. You know, with taking stock of the money lessons that you learned this year. Whatever are those lessons, I bet they inspired some of the changes that you want to see in the year ahead. I know this is certainly true for me. There are things in my business that I want to be different. There are things in my personal life that I want to be different. And sure, I'm setting goals to help direct my actions so that I can do my part in manifesting what I want. You know, the old Quaker adage, when you pray, move your feet. So I am mapping out the moving of my feet part. But as a part of that, there's also something else that I need to ponder. And it's this. Yes, there are things that I want to be different. But in the process of making it so, how do I need to be different. And that's what I want to talk about today. The general mistake that you and I can often make when it comes to this time of year, which is this. We think of all of the things that we want to be different in the new year, but not necessarily of how we need to be different in order to make that happen. Now, I recognize that this is a really broad statement, and it may not be the tendency for all under the sound of my voice, but it is certainly true for enough of us that it warrants a call out. (laughs) Um, And so that's what I'm doing. I'm calling it out. And in doing so, I'm not blaming you. I'm not blaming myself. What I am going to do, though, is quote unquote, blame human nature because we love our comfort zones. We are creatures of routines and habits, both the good ones and the bad ones. And I've made reference to the Duke University study before, but it bears repeating again. And they remind us that 40% of how you and I live our day is completely on autopilot. It is completely subconscious. And so I raise that because Making room for what it is that you want is a multi-dimensional activity. And so if you really want next year to be different, that means that you need to interrupt some patterns and you need to interrupt some things or disrupt some things. And I'm connecting this to the last episode because the clues for what you need to disrupt can likely be found in the lessons that you learned this year especially when you couple that in terms of the lessons learned with how they are likely shaping the goals and the desires that you've declared for the year ahead. It is that combination that will reveal the barriers that you will need to overcome. And it is the combination that is really ripe for using a practice that I call disruptive thinking. Well, 
I shouldn't say I call it, there is a practice called disruptive thinking. And I think it is a wonderful tool that you can utilize for helping you to make sure that not only are you wanting things to be different, but you're doing the things to ensure that you are showing up as a different person as well. So you might need to disrupt your mindset and your perspective. You might need to disrupt your relationship with failure. You might need to disrupt your attachment to what others think, or maybe even your own sense of identity. You may even need to disrupt an unwitting tendency to be a little less than bold. And I don't know about you, but I certainly need to be a little disruptive in all of those areas, especially when I think about my 2019 lessons juxtaposed my 2020 goals. Because as the saying goes, doing the same thing and expecting a different result is a little bit insane. And as I always say to my clients, you can't think your way to the other side of a problem or a challenge. You actually have to take some action. So here's how I plan to be disruptive, how I plan to interrupt some of my current patterns of thinking and behaving. And I'm sharing them with you because I'm inviting you to join me. You And you can join me by just simply adopting what resonates with you. You don't have to do all of these things, but take one or two if they resonate with you. And just as a bit of a side note, I did use the term disruptive thinking, and it comes from business. Um, in fact, it's associated with businesses large and small in terms of what they do to innovate and, and reinvent products and services, and sometimes even to overhaul brands. And typically the process is a pretty a pretty formal one in terms of, you know, helping businesses identify the conventional ways that they are thinking and how to challenge those ways and so that they're not thinking and doing things, you know, the way that they've always done it in the status quo, if you will. And so what I am sharing, I'm going to share with you four things that I suggest. And by no means is this intended to be a formal process in that regard of quote unquote disruptive thinking as we typically, you know, refer to it in business. But I do believe in challenging the status quo. And I don't believe that it is an activity just for business. I think it is also relevant when it comes to one's personal life too. So that is the spirit in which I offer up these four ways to be disruptive or to interrupt some things. And so the very first thing is to dissect. And what do I mean by that? When you think about your 2019 goals, do you know why you met some of them and failed at meeting others? And as you're answering that question, dissect it even a little bit further by assessing what role did your mindset play in the results? And when you like look at the goals that you met versus the ones that you didn't, do you notice in this, any similarities in the mindset that you had as you were working toward those respective goals? Again, thinking of your 2019 goals, whether you met them or not, have you determined whether you, whether you played it too safe or whether or not you took just the right amount of risk or did you really, really push the envelope? And what about your actions? Of those that you took, what of them were done based upon what you thought others would think of you? And then lastly, 
How bold or not were you, both in setting your goals and then in going about achieving them? So seriously, I don't want you to just hear me talk about disrupting your mindset and perspective and your relationship with failure and your attachment to others' opinions or your perhaps tendency to be less than bold. I really want you to take the time and think about your 2019 goals, dissect it using these questions or some variation thereof. And then what I want you to do is as you go about setting your 2020 goals, or if you've already done them, you go back and look at them again, ask those very same questions, but do it from the standpoint of, instead of what has happened, look at it from the standpoint of what will need to happen. So what mindset might you need to embrace? Um, what changes might you need to make in terms of your relationship with failure? Might you need to give yourself permission to let it be okay if something doesn't work out the way that you want? Might it be okay for you to not be tied up into what someone thinks about you? And might it be okay for you to be really, really bold? So you want to, you know, Ask those questions as you dissect 2019, but also use them as a way of providing a little bit of forethought for 2020. And that includes looking at, you know, what does success and failure look like? Look like? What does, you know, risk look like? And what am I comfortable with? Like being a little bit perhaps more proactive um, in that regard than maybe you've been before. And, you know, I'm always talking about the importance of getting out of your head so that you can more clearly see the patterns of thought and behavior. And what I think is that with these questions, not only do you get it out of your head, but it can also help you to determine much more clearly what you would benefit from interrupting. Because it's one thing to say it, and it's another thing to be really clear about what needs to be interrupted and then putting together a game plan to do just that. All right, so that's number one. Number two, focus on one. And here's another, what do I mean? Like who the heck ever just has one goal, personally or professionally? for an entire year, especially if you are type A. Hello, not me. <laughs> In fact, the mere idea of focusing on one goal, it just makes my entire body tense up. But here's what's interesting. My friend and business colleague, Jessica Abel, She's a cartoonist, she's an author, she's a professor, and she's a creative coach. And she actually has a different take on this. She's a champion of having one goal or project at a time. And at a time is the key part of this process. And it's a key part of how she goes about helping her clients reach their goals and get their projects done. Now, she uses it in the context of uh, an idea or a concept called idea debt. And this is for people that, you know, have a little bit of a problem getting things done. Well, in my personal life and with my business, inaction isn't something from which I suffer. But in terms of switching things up a bit and doing things differently in 2020, I'm actually going to give this a shot. I'm going to experiment with the idea of focusing on one goal for 45 days at a time. 
I'll keep you posted on how that goes. But here's the thing. Making this type of a commitment, it's not going to be easy for me. And if you're like me, it won't be easy for you either, which is precisely why it is a great example of interrupting old patterns and being disruptive. For those of you that are going, that are going to do this along with, who knows what we might discover by doing this, right? And it doesn't mean that we can't have all of the goals that we have but it just means that for 45 days, X goal, Y goals, get goal, I should say, gets our undivided attention and resources and energy. So I'm looking forward to at least trying it out. All right, so that was number two. Number three is to create a different kind of a daily list, a daily to-do list. By their nature, most to-do lists focus on the present day tasks, right? So what, it is it, what is it that you need to get done today? But I'm not talking about that sort of list here. What I'm talking about is making sure that as you're putting together your daily to-do list, that there is always at least one thing on it that is connected to your long game. So that goal that's not going to be met for another six months or another year or maybe even another five years, are you doing something each day that's connected to that? And to me, the value of doing this is the momentum that builds as a result of consistency. And can you imagine how quickly you'd make progress if you adopted this approach, assuming you don't already do this, can you imagine the momentum and the progress that you would make, not only on the things that are you know, urgent as of today, but the things that are important to you as it pertains to the future? And then finally, here's the fourth piece. Pay attention to your habits. Goals are achieved through the practice of habits. And while it is certainly easier to focus on those habits that you aren't practicing, but perhaps should, or those that you are, but perhaps shouldn't, it's also useful to take stock of your good habits to determine if they need to be refreshed or adjusted. So as an example, if you've been listening for a while, you know that I'm a runner. I don't need to adjust my habits when it comes to running. That's second nature to me. However, <laughs> I do need to cultivate the habit of strength training. So I've got a good habit, but it needs to be refreshed, refreshed and it needs, needs my exercise habit needs not to just be on running. It needs to include other things. And so why am I putting this out there? It's important to be careful and not assume that the good habits that helped you achieve your 2019 goals will automatically be the same that will help you achieve your 2020 goals. So back to the beginning. When you think about all the things that you want to be different in 2020, how will you be different? And what are you willing to interrupt? What patterns of behavior? What patterns of mindset? What patterns in terms of expectations, et cetera? Are you willing to interrupt to bring about that difference or those differences? Because in the process of interrupting patterns and doing things differently, you create the space for you to evolve and to become a different person too. And while we're on the topic of becoming a different person too and interrupting patterns, 
Is there a young adult in your life, a recent grad perhaps? Or maybe you're listening to this and I'm describing you in, that, in those words. If so, pearls of financial wisdom for college graduates would make a perfect holiday present for someone else or perhaps for yourself. It's a multimedia, self-paced program designed to help relatively recent grads, and when I say relatively recent, zero to five years, create a personalized approach to their finances. It will help them with the ever-pressing question of what should I do with my money? With this product, I provide guidance and direction, precisely what they need and what they want. Pearls of Financial Wisdom systematically walks graduates through an examination of the opportunities, strategies, and systems they and all young people, in fact, all of us, can use to take control of their finances in their own unique way. In other words, this is not a one-size-fits-all solution. A simple framework, yes, but not a one-size-fits-all solution. So whether you yourself are a recent grad who wants a solid financial foundation or there's a recent grad that you'd love to see thrive in today's economy, pearls of financial wisdom can help. And you can get a preview of the advice, inspiration, and tools that I share by going to jacquettetimmons.com forward slash pearls. jacquettetimmons.com forward slash pearls. Well, that is it for today's episode, our final one for 2019. Thank you so much for tuning in and not just for listening all the way until the end of this episode, but for hanging out with me for some portion of the last nine months. I know you have many options when it comes to podcasts, and I appreciate you including this as one of those. Alrighty, I'm out of here, folks. It is time for my holiday break. It is time for me to do my own annual review of my business and my life, prepare for 2020, and map out how I'm going to interrupt some things. <laughs> um, so look, if you aren't already a subscriber, please do so. And you can do that on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And while you are there, please leave a rating and a review. It is how I learn if you are digging what I am creating for you. And if we're not connected on social media, let's take care of that. You can reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram. Just put my name in the search box, Jacquette Timmons, and my respective handles will come up. Again, thank you so much for an awesome 2019. I hope you and yours have a fabulous holiday season, and I look forward to seeing you in the new year. Happy New Year, and until next time, remember, it is about more than money. Yeah.